Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, loves, welcome. It is Bowerland, News Radio 930 WBEN. And, uh, you know, we're talking about September 11, 2001, 22 years ago. And, you know, it, it dawns on me, I think this is the first time I've actually gone back to that day in a couple of years because there were a few shows that I tried to do about it and nobody called in. And it was almost like 9-11 fatigue. Um, but I, we've had a lot of calls today, obviously. Um, I'm grateful to everybody who's called in. I'm grateful to everybody who always calls in. And at some point uh, in the not-too-distant future this week, I do want to go back and revisit the show we did on Friday about loneliness because I happen to believe that loneliness is one of America's biggest and untalked-about mental health issues. And uh, my apologies to the guy over the weekend at Creekview who said, I was so lonely that I bought a car. And I had no idea what he was talking about. I had no idea until I got back to the table and I thought about it. And I thought, oh, he was talking about the show I did. Because a lot of times after I do a show, I go into real person, not on the radio mode. And I don't remember exactly what it is I did on that day. So uh, I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. I just didn't. I didn't know like where he was coming from, thinking, okay, is this guy hitting on me, telling me he's lonely? What's going on here? Not that there's anything wrong with that. But we are uh, talking about um, September 11th, 2001. And Joe Beamer talked about this a lot, and I must concur. I don't think we're ever going to see the nation as united as it was on that day and in the immediate weeks following that day, where you had bipartisan uh, senators, congressmen on the steps of the Capitol singing patriotic songs. Hillary Clinton holding hands with uh, I think Republicans. Never thought I'd see that, but we did. And it was a great signal to the world that, you know what, kind of like a family argument, like a domestic dispute. We might have issues between ourselves, which are greater now than they were in 2001. We may have issues between ourselves, but push come to shove, uh, you attack us and we're going to get together and you're going to have a problem, my friend. It's going to get taken care of. Um, but unfortunately, since then, we seem to have uh, fallen into dissolute ways in terms of uh, being able to have anything like a civil discussion about things. Um, I've tried to elevate my game so we can have civil discussions about things, even if you uh, don't happen to agree with me or I don't happen to agree with you. Um, but this is a very emotional day for me as an American and for you who had 
close-up and personal losses, either from the attacks themselves, the aftermath of the attack. We lost a state trooper a couple of years ago from uh, uh, issues that were brought on by breathing in all that dust in lower Manhattan. Uh, female trooper, yeah, we, we lost her. I think her husband listens to the show. God bless you, sir. Um, but your experiences, how 9-11 changed us, are we ever going to be united again? And I'd love to hear from people in their 30s and 40s because when it happened, it was uh, obviously 22 years ago. I had not yet hit 50 years old at that point. And uh, now that I'm 60, um, it does give you a different perspective on things. It doesn't take away the pain of what happened. But I think you'll find in life that whether it's uh, personal pain like a divorce, a breakup, a death of someone you love, or whether it is uh, a more national sorrow, time is one of the best healers there is, with the exception of those of you who had loved ones murdered in the attacks themselves, murdered as a result of the attacks with the smoke in the air in New York City, uh, or who died in combat situations that were uh, preceded by the attacks of September 11, 2001. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Um, and one thing I just I want to mention very, very quickly, w- one of the reasons, just trying to figure out why uh, these attacks uh, affected me so much, and maybe you've had a similar experience um, I'd spent a lot of time in New York City in the summer of 2001. Spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2001, just months prior to the attack. So when people talked about these places, I knew exactly what they were referencing, and I do know New York City rather well. At least I used to. I don't go there anymore because of the crime situation. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Hey, uh... Tanner, do I need to go back to anybody at this point, or did I clear out the calls? I'm going to need your help. No, sorry, you're all set. I'm all set to go back to the calls? Okay. Let's go to uh, Jim in uh, North Tonawanda. Jim, you are on WBEN. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for welcoming welcoming, welcoming me to the show on the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. It is a sacred date, no doubt. Tom, you raised the question, not me. Are we ever going to be unified like we were 22 years ago today. I say no. Now would it be possible for you and I to have an intelligent, rational discussion about why I'm saying no? Go ahead. Well, first of all, by some strange coincidence on the morning of 9-11, I finished reading, I just finished reading the last chapter of Kyle uh, Mills's book, who took the place of Vince Flynn after he died, uh, Enemy at the Gates. The, these techno thrillers are a commentary on the times that we're living in and the divide in America. The guys that write these books are, are like you. They are extremely concerned about the, the political divide. And every single book I read, they comment on the political divide in America. And you've got to understand, Tom, what's going on and what's causing it. One, the ruling class elites have decided that 
the, the success, the economic success, the freedom and the independence of working class people is due to two things and two things only. One, the post-World War II boom and after the end of World War II, the rise in power and influence of labor unions. And they have set and, and Jim, I, know, I, I, know, I know you do a lot of reading and you got a lot of deep thoughts, but can, can we please just keep it on 9-11 today and yeah, not the Illuminati? 9-11. We can't be unified because I'll get straight to the point then. Fine. As long as we, as long as the American people are asleep at the wheel, and we don't change leadership, Tom, there's we're doomed. You want to talk about nine eleven? Yes, it, back in nine eleven, we believed twenty two years ago today that we should always reward loyalty and courage. That's not true anymore. Now the ruling class elites they they reward treachery and self interest. Of course, you don't think we're going to have problems. The country's go, Tom. The country is crumbling. I had this discussion yesterday afternoon when I was working out with my attorney, and he's a lawyer, an educated man, and he agrees with me. The country is crumbling underneath our feet. That's scary when educated people start agreeing with me. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's not, I mean, no, so you don't have so you don't have a you don't have a degree on the wall from Harvard. Does that you think that makes you stupid because you're not stupid no, no, at all? No, you're very no, intelligent. Tom, what I'm saying is this: if 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 the if the upper class white collar people start agreeing with guys like me, maybe we should just take this seriously. We're like that one guy. I know he's upset. He's blubbering and crying. I was waiting for you to say to him, "Stop crying. We need." Patriots like you to help us save our country. We need you, man. We need you, Corey. Please help us. Please, Corey, help us before it's too late. I didn't hear well, you say that. Jim, I'm, I'm an emotional guy, too. So if a gentleman comes on the show and he's crying or I think you said blubbering, um, that's his prerogative. It's his time on the air. Is, that's the way he... Save our country. No, but we're not. I mean, we're not so much talking about saving the country today. We're reflecting back on a massive tragedy that affected everybody in America 22 years ago today. I don't think this is. I don't think this is a time to come down on people for expressing emotion. That was a warning. Uh, Okay. I told you 22 years ago. I said, Tom. I told you, and I told. Clip Smith and, and the Bulldog. This is a warning, and, and, and I'm telling you, we're running out of time. These, I'm telling you, Tom, you got to – I mean, I like you. You're a nice guy. You mean well. I have nothing against you personally, but, Tom, you got to start doing more reading. Wow. I haven't been told that in a long time. Uh, Jim, thank you very much. I think he just called me ignorant, but not in so many, not in so many words. Um, reading what precisely? I do an awful lot of reading. Uh, that's why I do a general interest talk show. I mean, granted, I may not know that much about the Roman legions or Hadrian's Wall, but I try to stay up on things more or less, I guess. Let's go to uh, Polly in uh, Niagara Falls on WBEN. Polly, you are on. Hello. Hello. Yeah, you know what? Listening to your show and the callers, it really strikes me. It it reminds me so much of... uh, JFK, or people remembering what they were doing the moment JFK was assassinated, because uh, it was a, on a nationwide scale, like you pointed out, you know, trauma. But on 9-11, it was nationwide trauma, confusion, fear, uh, on a grand scale. And yeah, it does remind me of the, the JFK, even though I never understood. It took me a while to try to figure out why was everybody so... 
uh, in tune to what well, they were most, doing the moment. Uh, they again, heard about try, the news trying to keep it, trying to keep it on September 11, 2001. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, the, so, the, yeah. The 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 JFK situation. Um, most people in America who are alive today don't have memories of uh, firsthand memories of what happened True. when JFK right. was assassinated. Because yeah. obviously, as a society, we go old, we grow older, and people die and leave us. Yeah. Okay. I I do. I have a major question that's always haunted me that I wonder if you can answer. And it's, um, did we ever get uh, a reasonable ex- explanation? of why on that day, September 11th, um, allegedly most of our military in charge of defending our borders and our national security, um, I guess we're up north, North Atlantic area, doing uh, war games, you know, like collectively. Like, you know, um, that I've never gotten an uh I've never heard a reasonable explanation of because think of the, well, I mean, the uh, military exercises. Uh, hold on through the traffic, if you would. Military exercises take place uh, all all the time. Um, in fact, it's rather unusual when there isn't a military exercise going on somewhere in the world. Uh, back to uh, Polly in Niagara Falls. Uh, Polly, specifically, what military exercises are you uh, talking about? Well, in, in all the different documentaries that I've um, watched regarding the events and uh, the narratives of what happened on 9/11, uh, I've only heard that um, there's like major, uh, like a like a sounds like a really large percent all at once uh, of our military in charge of defending our borders um, were all uh, collectively doing major uh, uh, drills way up north uh in the north atlantic area um but like uh, you know like so many of them uh, i don't know the percent and that's what i'm always been that's one of the questions that's haunted me that i've wondered if, if we ever got you know um a reason like i say a reasonable explanation on why you would pull you know do like to such a large degree well i think i think what you're talking about is the uh, i think they were called global guardian games and that was basically a uh, that was basically a nuclear drill uh was organized by strategic command along with space command and norad so that yeah, particular drill right. largely involved nuclear situations and what we had on september 11 2001 was not a nuclear situation now I will tell you that in the uh, years immediately following 9-11, I caught wind of, and a few other people with certain connections, caught wind of the idea that uh, three American cities had been targeted with dirty nukes or suitcase nukes. And uh, Delta mm. Force, Delta Force actually was able to deactivate some of them. One of them they couldn't figure out, so they dropped it into the ocean off the Carolinas. And interestingly, um, as fate would have it, shortly after I received word that that is what happened, there was a massive fish kill off the coast of the Carolinas. And I, and the interesting thing too is the seismo- seismographic data. Uh, for that period when this attack was supposed to have taken place was actually expunged from the records. Um, We had Doug Hagman on talking about it. We had Steve Quayle on talking about it. 
and I do not doubt for a minute that that actually happened, that we came very close to a radioactive, I'm not saying nuclear war, I'm saying a radioactive event in America, and this would have been circa 2003, 2004, because I had oh, enough wow. I had enough people uh, in positions where they would know such things tell me, yeah, Tom, it really happened. But as far as we dug into it, we just kept hitting a brick wall. We could only go was so that, far and no further. Was that tied to the missing, uh, allegedly, um, five or seven missing nukes and Lindsey Graham <clears throat> mentioning no, that he's no, this, to... no, this had, had nothing had nothing to do with it. Had uh, nothing to do with that particular situation. But uh, um, do I believe uh, it happened? Yes, I do. Can I prove that it happened? No. It's like the Kennedy assassination. Do I believe Oswald was innocent of shooting Kennedy? Yes, I do. Can I prove it? No. But on the other hand, I don't think the state could have proved beyond a reasonable doubt that Oswald killed President Kennedy. And Detective Jim Lavelle, who was uh, handcuffed Oswald when he was shot by Jack Ruby, he didn't think that there was enough evidence to convict Oswald, nor did Jess Curry, the Dallas police chief at the time. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is there are some things that you can suspect even if you can't prove them, and I think you can make good circumstantial arguments that they really did take place, but trying to prove it, look, you don't have access to the information. I don't have access to the information, uh, but I thank you very much uh, for the phone call. Thank but you. But th those, yeah. Uh, yeah, that particular drill dealt with nuclear issues, as I recall, and not so much with, uh, uh, with terror attacks or uh, planes being hijacked and flown into buildings. It is, uh, and remember, one of the things that uh, came out in the 9-11 uh, investigation was that uh, we lacked imagination. Uh, the Pentagon, <laughs> imagine that. The Pentagon lacked imagination, and that's one of the reasons why we were caught seemingly uh, flat-footed by 9-11. Anyway, it is uh, five. I don't know where the program is going today. All, all I can say is it's going very, very quickly. And I hope that some of you are finding this uh, cathartic. Um, and I hope that some of you are grateful for the chance to tell us about what you were doing 22 years ago and how it affected you, how you think it affected the country. Um, I mean, Rambo Jim, come on. I do an awful lot of reading about a lot of different things. Um, I do not claim to be an expert on the military. I did not serve in the military, um, but uh, I do do an awful lot of reading about a lot of different things. Um, if you knew what I did late at night, you'd probably laugh because it's total geekdom. But I know that, Jim, you do read an awful lot, and you're a really, really smart guy. I don't Just because you don't have a Harvard diploma... And nor do I, by the way, doesn't mean you don't have a lot of intelligence. I respect enormously your uh, intelligence, but I kind of get a little bit irritated when I get the idea that you think that I might not be prepared uh, to come in and do my job because basically every aspect of life that I engage in um, is in some way, shape, or form related to my job. But I've known you long enough, Jim, not to be horribly offended by it and I'll still buy you a beer when I see you. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right. What is this? Back to the bar stools suddenly? All right. It's uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome to the show talking about 9-11. 22 years ago, and I really haven't a clue as to where that time went because I just I can't believe it's been 22 years since that day and it was a day where it was clear it was it, there was, wasn't a cloud in the sky and it was blue it was so quiet too especially living near the airport as I did at that time and I guess as I still do um, it was a surreal time and as I've mentioned a couple of times that evening I remember going to the old TGI Fridays at Maine and Transit, which was packed, not just with the regulars, but with a bunch of people who got stranded in Buffalo when that was the last place they expected to be stranded. Uh, And everybody got together and drank and watched the never-ending news coverage and kept waiting. Do you remember the idea of waiting for news about how many people survived the collapse of those towers and... There were just a handful of people who were pulled out alive from that. And the sound of the firefighters' alert mechanisms, the chirping, which just went on and on and on. Um, I mean, that really that really hits home. And if you've ever seen any of the traveling 9-11 exhibits, it also brings it home. Um, and we ought never to forget that day because we must never let that happen again. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. No, I'm not mad at Rambo Jim. Rambo Jim has been calling me for decades. I don't get mad. What? I'm going to get mad at him because he says I should read more? No, I like Jim. I love Jim, actually. Uh, and Jim has the honor of being the last guy John Otto ever yelled at during his career. So I got to respect that. Let's go to John in uh, Tonawanda. John, you are on WBEN. Welcome to the show. Uh, yes, sir. During uh, 9-11, I was in vacationing in Las Vegas, my buddy and I. And we were uh, just waking up, and I turned the TV on to see what was going on. And I see the plane crashing into the tower. Uh, but this was two hours. Uh, we were waking up two hours after it actually happened, if you understand what I mean. And I thought at first it was just like a they were reviewing a, muse, uh, 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 a movie or something. And that, uh, you know, that's what I figured it was at the beginning. And then I was watching longer and longer, and I realized this was reality. And it was scariest. One of the scariest things or occurrences in my life to to witness something like that. It really was. 
Now, most of us, most of us who are well, obviously, I'm doing the show, and most people listening to the show uh, were in Buffalo at the time it happened. I cannot begin to imagine, and I hope you'll put us in the picture, what Vegas, Party City, was like on September 11, 2001. I mean, it it really had to be dead. Well, it actually it really wasn't. I was kind mm. of surprised because, you know, the the first thing I tried to do was get a, a plane out of there, but they you know, they canceled all the planes. And, uh, you know, what do you do when you're expecting to have a good time in Vegas, right? You know? So I was kind of surprised. You're going through the, the lobby of the uh, casino and that. There were quite a few people playing there. But uh, the thing that we did, uh, one of the earliest things we did is we found a nearby Catholic church we went to. And there was a lot of people in that church. There really was. And there was no mass or anything at that particular time. People were just there praying, you know, for a better outcome, I guess, and all like that. But the the interesting thing is, like I said, I tried to get a plane out of there, uh, but they wouldn't do it until the next week, Monday. I think this mm. was what day that was. Was it was it a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday it occurred? I can't remember Tuesday, right now. Tuesday. Right. And so what... Uh, and even on anything out of Vegas on Monday, that was all booked up till the next, uh, like, two or three days. Um, so, you know, and my, the interesting thing is my buddy had a very, very important medical uh, situation to deal with on, on uh, Wednesday of that week. Uh, and so... I got on the phone, and I found out we could fly out of, there were planes available out of Los Angeles. So we took our rental car, and we drove to Los Angeles. And uh, we got there, like, I think it was Saturday. Met a relative of mine there, and we stayed in, you know, in a hotel until Monday morning. We were one of the first flights out of Los Angeles. And we got on a plane, and suddenly they determined that they found a a, uh, a screwdriver in one of the overhead compartments. Oh. And so they made us all dis- depart the plane, and they had to reinspect the whole plane all over again. And we finally got uh, you know on, back on the plane and. We got to uh, Buffalo, I believe it was uh, Monday morning, or I'm sorry, Monday evening, and uh, but it was quite a quite a interesting trip for sure. Uh, well, interesting uh, is is uh, one word. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call, uh, John in uh, Tonawanda. Let's move on on WBEN to Mora in Amherst. I love the name, Mora. You are on WBEN. Hello. Hello, I'm um, I'm a Tonawanda born and bred, but at the time of September 11th, I was working in White Plains, New York, if you're mm. familiar, that's 35 miles north of New York City, and I worked for a utility at the time that owned and operated 10 nuclear power plants, the largest owner and operator in the United States, and about quarter to nine a co-worker calls me in White Plains and said, a plane hit the World Trade Center. I said, what? And I go to where we had a bank of televisions, and I saw the crash. And I turned around and looked at a co-worker, and I said, do you know what this means? And he says, what? And I said, 
certain nuclear power plant installation was 35 miles north of New York City, and it turned out that one of the planes had flown over these three nuclear power plants on its way to the World Trade Center. And within an hour, um, the phones were down. There was no area code 914-718-212-516, nothing. And so we couldn't call out. We couldn't receive calls. And we had email, and this was uh, the office I was in was uh, headquarters, but this company's true headquarters were based in the south. And since the news organizations couldn't reach the office in White Plains, they were calling south. And the only thing we could do was communicate via email. But we also couldn't communicate with Albany, and we couldn't communicate with the federal government. And um, it took maybe about an hour and a half or so to uh, get on a call with the, with the federal government, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, to find right. out what was going on. And I get emotional. I'm sorry. Fortunately, okay. none of my coworkers were affected. But um, there were a lot of rumors going around, including uh, two of the plants were in New England, and one was on Cape Cod. And it had been assaulted from the bay by intruders, which was a rumor. And there were other rumors going on, and nobody knew what the truth was. No one knew how, um, if any of my coworkers had been affected and, um, you know, had been at the World Trade Center or in the area for meetings with the federal government or the state government. And um, there were a lot of questions, a lot of emotions. Um, I... It was primary day here in Buffalo. My parents wore election specters, and I couldn't contact them because we didn't, we couldn't call out. Right. And I finally got through to a, a sibling later in the afternoon, and he went and told them that I was all right, that I that what had happened was nowhere near where I worked. But throughout the day, we were on the twelfth floor of this of our building in White Plains, and we saw the smoke. And we saw we couldn't see the World Trade Center. We didn't, but we saw the rising of the rubble every time one of the towers fell. And um, I'm sorry to get emotional because it still lingers in my memory what we did in terms of my employer because we were worried about what could possibly, what else could possibly happen, and um, communications were so bad. Even um, we were lucky we had tie lines, if you know what those are, between some of the plants so that we could communicate with them, but we couldn't communicate with the outside world. And that's what was so scary because the news wasn't, you couldn't get the news unless it was on television. And he didn't know how accurate that was. So that's my memories of September 11th. And um, a couple days later, uh, some of my coworkers organized a prayer vigil and the southern-based um, employer couldn't understand why the northern employees wanted a prayer vigil. And every, not everyone, but most of the employees in the Northeast were affected somehow in some way by what happened at the World Trade Center. But the southern-based employer didn't quite understand that at the time. And um, it was hard. It was hard to recover, and um, I don't think 
the industry that I used to work in, the nuclear power industry, let alone any other industry, has fully recovered from what happened because we thought we were invincible, and it turns out we weren't. So thank you, Maura. I, I must do. I must move on. I, know, I thank you. Go on uh, to news. Yep. I, no, I thank you very much. Actually, I have to go on to traffic, but uh, you were close. Uh, you guys have such fascinating stories about what happened 22 years ago, and you know how you can really tell that an event had a major impact on you. Think back. What did you do a week ago today? Yeah, I don't remember either. But we all remember even the most intricate details of what we did 22 years ago today. It's indelibly stamped in our minds. Thanks to uh, Joe Beamer for sitting in for me on Friday. I had the pleasure of cataract surgery, and everything went uh, just fine, actually, just uh, perfectly, uh, because uh, this cataract was just a cataract surgery. There was no detached retina involved. So uh, thank you, Dr. Chuck Niles. You are the man. I'm in love with Chuck and Phil Niles. They're like family to me now. Come on, they saved my vision. How could they not be? So you can tell uh, Chuck and Phil, I'm sorry, Dr. Chuck and Dr. Phil, I said hello. And Joanne at Dr. Chuck Niles' office. She's a peach. Let's go back to the calls. Here is uh, John in Chictawaga. John, welcome to the show. You're on WBEN. Hey, Mr. B. I feel like uh, you need a millennial voice on this one. So Absolutely. 22 years ago, I was a young 18-year-old starting off my college career at UB, and um, I had a nice part-time job with the public safety office. I was a student ticket writer. Most people hated me, but, you know, those are the breaks. And uh, I remember coming in for the morning to get started. It was maybe a minute or two before 9, so it had the first plane had already hit, and they were sitting around a small TV and uh, we watched the second one, and all of a sudden, all the radios started going off, and we started getting notified that they're going to start locking down the school. Mm. And classes were canceled almost within minutes because we had no clue what was going on. I remember even trying to call, you know, my family, my, my father at home, and I said, "What what is this, right? Because, you know, I mean, I get what's happening, but he's just very adamant. Come home. It's just come home. We don't know what's going to just come home. And... When I was leaving the campus, I think the most uh, harrowing scene was going past the student union. There had to be, at that point, about 2,000, maybe even more uh, young students all gathered outside and inside because they had the big TVs in there. And, I mean, you know, UB's got a lot of kids from downstate, and I just remember watching so many people, like, doubled over, sobbing. And I didn't. I honestly I, – I remember that moment more than anything um, – I remember driving home and driving down Sheridan and, you know, you're just watching people, you know, either whipping through a red light here or there cops, just they're doing what they can. It was, it was crazy. And, and, you know, being as young as I was, you know, I'd like to think that I had a good idea of what was going on. You know, you heard the tales, my grandfather's a world war two vet. So, you know, that, that was all we thought was this is we're waiting for the next big one, so to speak. And I remember watching the news all day long like you said before you could grab a phone and get information or hop on youtube or twitter or sorry x and uh see what's going on in real time you know you, you had to sit there and watch the news and it wasn't even we didn't even watch cnn it was you watched channel two four seven and they just were doing the national feed i, I think i was up for i don't know 24 maybe 36 hours just watching it in complete utter disbelief 
classes resumed probably about three days later at UB, and it was, I'd never seen that campus so quiet. You well, know, remember a lot of people on that North Campus silence. Well, re- remember, too, that uh, a lot of students at UB, as I well yeah. know, as I'm a graduate, are from the New York metropolitan area and, yep. uh, and obviously had a very close connection to uh, UB. My friend, uh, I'm actually out of time. I'm grateful that you called. I'm grateful for everybody who called in. I actually was not going to do this the entire show, but I must be very, very frank, candid and honest with you. For me, sitting here hosting this show, this program has gone by. I feel like I just got here 20 minutes ago, and four hours have gone by. And everybody who called in, your stories were just extremely compelling, fascinating. You should write them down for future generations. Um, Somebody along the line is going to want to do a family tree for you, and your recollection of historic events uh, should be a part of that family tree. Um, Thank you again so much uh, for all the calls and my sympathies to anybody listening who had a direct loss as a result of the attacks themselves, the aftermath with the health issues from ground zero, as well as those who uh, sacrificed all of their lives or are disabled because of the subsequent global war on terror, which was initiated really after 9-11. So uh, thank you kindly. I can't even begin to uh, thank you enough for sharing your recollections of that horrible day. And don't anybody be upset or nervous if you had a hard time keeping it together when you called in on the air. Look, I'm an emotional guy, too. And there are times I'm surprised I didn't break down during today's show. I thought I was going to. Surprised I didn't because it was a highly emotional day Our country was attacked. We discovered what it was like to be vulnerable, many of us, for the very, very first time on a geopolitical level. And uh, thank you again for all the calls and your interest in the show. And uh, I've tried to do the best I could today, with, uh, as I do every day. And uh, I hope that this in some way was a uh, communally beneficial experience. I know it was for me, but the important thing is I hope it was for you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.